All right, well, turn with me to Malachi chapter 3. So we are in this series called uh, Cheerful Givers. So last week I kind of laid the foundation for it. Um, and today, um, today as, as well as uh, next week, um, I want to specifically talk on the subject of the tithe and of, of what tithing is. Um, now, you may say, oh, man, I... I do not want to come to church to hear about giving, nor do I want to specifically come to church to hear about tithing. Well, that's okay, um, because how many of you know that we can still learn more, right? There's always room to grow, especially in this area, um, but there is, a, there is a lifestyle that you can live and being a gen, having a generous lifestyle that I believe is important and beneficial to us um, that we should live that way. You know, here we are in the uh, holiday season, so Thanksgiving this week, Christmas is right around the corner. It's a season of giving, and it's a season of, of blessing people, whether it's with gifts or you know money or just time or whatever it may be. Uh, that's the season that we're in. And you know, I told you last week that you know, and it's an encouragement to you that over over the course of this next month, as we dive into this series more in depth, that my heart and goal for you is that you become more of a generous person and more of a giver than you've ever been. Um, not that the church needs money or anything like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about in your life in general, okay? Being a blessing to others more than you've ever been before. So Malachi chapter 3, uh, we're going to read these uh, few verses here, verses 8 through 12. Um, this is about the tithe, okay? Um, and you've probably all heard this uh, reference before. You've probably all heard these scriptures, but uh, here it is. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 says, Will a man rob uh, God? Yet you are robbing me. You ask, how do we rob you? By not making the payments of the tenth and the contributions. You are suffering under a curse, yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. All right. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not ruin the produce of your land and your and your vine and your field will not fail to produce fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will consider you fortunate for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. All right. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today, God. We thank you, Father, that we're going to learn something new today, God, and that you're going to teach us something, Lord, that maybe we've never heard or uh, maybe it's just a refresher today. But, Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you're helping us, God, to become more of a cheerful giver, Lord, and understanding that principle that is a part of your kingdom, but also just a principle in life in general. And so, Father, we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I, I truly believe that that having a generous lifestyle is probably the greatest lifestyle you can ever live. You know, we've all heard it, and we, it's tossed around inside and outside of church. Okay, so it's not just a church thing, but it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? We've all heard that, um, and, it's, and it's true. There's something that is special that comes over you that fills you up with an excitement and a joy when you give, 
okay? When you give something to somebody, you give a gift, you know, whether it's a birthday or whatever, or, you know, or even not even a celebration type thing, but there's something that, can, that comes over a person that fills you with joy when you give something to somebody and the look on their face or whatever it may be or however that makes them feel, and it makes you feel special. And it really is a special way of living, um, and it's really the greatest lifestyle that you could ever live. And so if you're taking notes this morning, the title of this message today is The Greatest Lifestyle, all right? And I want you to write that down if you're taking notes. The Greatest Lifestyle, all right? Now, when I was, when I was young, um, my grandparents had me open up a savings account. Um, and I don't remember necessarily how young I was, but um, I was fairly young, and they opened up a savings account for me, and uh, anytime I had a birthday or anything, I mean anything, anytime I got money of any sorts, they always said, put it in your savings account, right? Now, you know, and they would, the things that you needed, wanted, you know, stuff that I wanted to buy or whatever, they would still obviously do that for us, but they wanted everything that, that was given to me to be put into that savings account. Now, I didn't really understand why, I didn't really get it, it took me some time to figure out, um, but one of the things that, that um, that my grandparents taught me early on was how to write a check, but specifically how to write a tithe check, okay? How to take whatever birthday money or whatever came in that I was going to put in my savings account to turn around and get that little checkbook out with the ledger in the back, right? Write out the little, ten, the, you know, the 10% of whatever came in to the church, all right? And then in the very back, you know, on the log, write exactly what it was for and all that kind of stuff, right? And, uh, and, and that's what I did. And so it was instilled in me to tithe from early on, right? Um, so when money came in, the first thing that I did was give my 10%. Now, why is that important? Because by the time that Melissa and I were getting married, I had enough money, not other people, not my grandparents, not me, Austin, because of what I did, what was instilled in me, I had enough money in that bank account, in that savings account, to get her ring, okay? That was an easy thing, all right? It was to get her ring. And I was what, 18? Okay, 18 years old. And I was able to do that. At 18 years old, we were able to go buy a car with the money that I had saved. At 18 years old, Okay, we had only, as soon as we got married, we only lived in an apartment for six months, and I had enough money for a down payment on our first home at 18 years old, 19 about that, about that time for the house. But, you know, you think about that, it's like, well, who can do that at that age? But it wasn't, it wasn't the ability to, to do it. It was what I learned. It was what I did. It was putting the money aside, okay, for my future, I didn't understand that when I was young, but for my future, but also understanding the principle of the tithe and making sure that everything that came in, I gave the first 10% back to the Lord, okay? And so I learned early on what a blessed life was, okay? Having a blessed life. And, and you know, it's important that, you know, I think Pastor Robert Morris at Gateway, he wrote a book, The Blessed Life. Okay, and it's a very, very popular book, you know, like number, you know, top seller or whatever for for Christian books for for many, many years. 
Um, but there is truly an, an, a, a, a way of living, a life of living that you can live blessed, okay? But it, but it all boils down to what you do with what you've been given. Not what someone does for you, but what you, what you do with what you've got. And giving of your tithe is, is a key important element of that. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't need your money. The church doesn't need your money. None of that. He doesn't need your tithe, okay? Uh, he is not El Chipo. He is El Shaddai, <laughs> okay? He's not, God, is, God is not hurting for money, all right? He don't, he don't need your money, all right? But listen, this is what tithing truly is. It's an invitation for you and I to be in a partnership with God so that you can live that life of blessing, that life in abundance on every level. I'm not just talking about just your money. I'm talking about on every level of your life, living a life of abundance and being blessed in every area of your life, your family, your career, all of those things, right? And so living the blessed lifestyle is possible, and it's not so that you can have more, it's so that you could turn it around and give more, all for the glory of God, amen? And so, you know, Jesus, when you, when you look at him, he's our ultimate example, right? The, the greatest teacher, and when you look at him, he taught more on the subject of giving, generosity, stewardship, possessions, all those things, more than any other subject. There's a reason for that. And of the 29 parables in the Gospels, 16 of them were about this subject. We're about giving. We're about generosity, stewardship. All right? How to handle your possessions. So... If more than half of those parables were about that, then wouldn't you think that it would be quite important for us? Right? There was obviously Jesus put quite an, an importance on the area of giving, so much so that he taught more about it than anything else, which makes me believe that we need to listen more about it than anything else, right? We need to, we need to live that lifestyle. So why would Jesus teach that? You know, why would, why would Jesus be so focused on that? You know, and you may say, well, I, I don't understand that. If he doesn't need my money, why would he would talk so much about that? Because, again, it's not about your money. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. Where is your heart positioned? Where is your heart postured, right? Because listen to this. Listen to me. Nothing identifies a person's priorities or passions as quick as their most recent transaction. Nothing identifies a person's priorities as quickly as their most recent transactions, okay? If, if, if you were to look at your ledger, your bank account, or whatever, and look over the past month what you spent the most money on, or where you went more often than not, you know, or whatever, you will find out really quickly where your priorities are in the area of your finances, all right? And so if you see on your bank account that, I don't know, three mornings out of five, there's a Starbucks transaction, we know that if I were to look at you, I would say you're a coffee lover, right? And you probably prioritize getting in that line at Starbucks to get your coffee in the morning before you do anything else in that day, okay? I'm... I'm guilty of it. But you, this is what they used to say in churches way back in the day, all right? When I was little, even before that, right? They would say this. They'd say, 
and you can't say this these days because it might offend somebody, of course, but they'd say, show me your checkbook and I'll show you your God. That's what old pastors used to say back in the day. Show me your checkbook and I'll show you your God. Now, you can't say that to people these days because then you'll be like, oh, you're getting in my business, you know, da, 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 I'm offended by that, you know, whatever. All, the other, all, all that crap that's out there, right? They, they, people can't handle it. They can't handle it. But, but just by looking at, at someone's expenses, you can find out really quickly what, where their trust is. You can find that out. And, and how do you know this is true? Because the Bible says where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. Where a man's treasure is, there his heart is also. And so today, um, I want to give you um, three reasons why people don't tithe. And next week, I want to give you three reasons why you should. (laughs) Um, And so, um, you know, we're going to jump into this subject even more next week. Um, But so if you're taking notes this morning... Uh, be up here on the screen. Three reasons why we neglect the tithe. Three reasons why we neglect the time. Number one is this. Our priorities are messed up. I mean, as simple as that. Our priorities are messed up. We prioritize other things before we prioritize God. And somehow, some way, we end up seeing that even, not even intentionally, but Somehow God always gets the last place. He's last on the list of priorities when he should be first on the list of priorities, right? Um, and, you know, people in, in churches and Christians all the time will say things that when it comes to, like, the tithe and stuff. They'll say, well, well God understands. Or God, God knows my financial situation right now. You're right. He does understand. He absolutely understands. He understands you've got a brand new iPhone you're still paying on. <laughs> he understands, believe me, okay? Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just messing with you, but I'm being serious at the same time. Okay? Because people are like, well, I can't afford to tithe. Yes, you can, okay? But remember I told you last week that tithing isn't law. Tithing is love. It's a reflection of your love for God. How much do you really love him, right? Tithing is not a contract, but it's a covenant, Okay, you are not bound to do this. Okay, God is God is not going to strike you dead right now if you if you're not doing this. Okay, that's that's not what that's not who God is. That's not how He operates. Okay, but it's a covenant with Him. It's being in covenant with Him in the area of your finances. Right, the tithe has to come first. Remember, I told you last week, you give your best first, not your best last. You have to give Him your best. First, um, why? Because you love God and you love Him first. You love Him above everything else, and that's so important to understand. Is having that love for God, but making sure that your love for Him is beyond your love for anything else in the world, right? And, and, and you know, Christina, with, the, with you know, with your, your new baby, you have got to love God more than you love her. You're like, well, wait a second. How can I do that? How can I love? God, more than this amazing child he's blessed me with, or than my spouse, or than this, or than that. No, no. God says, you put me first. You love me first. You put me above everything else. And when you do, then everything else will line up in your life. But it's all about priorities. It's all about priorities, right? What if God, listen to this, 
What if God gave you the leftovers of his grace? What if God gave you the leftovers of his forgiveness? When you messed up and you know you messed up and you run to God, you're like, God, I don't know what to do. God, I need you. And what if he's like, ah, I already gave all of my grace and forgiveness to the other people. I don't really have much left to give you. I'm sorry. And that's exactly what we do with our money. That's exactly what we do with God's money is we withhold from him and we give him just the little bit of the leftovers that we have. Let's take it beyond tithing. Let's take it beyond giving. What if it's our time? What if it's our time? What if it's our resources? What if it's other things? What if it's our family? We say, God, I'm, you know, I'm doing all this. I'm, you know, this is happening and all these situations. But, but okay, but here, here's a little bit of the leftovers that I have to offer. And this is why I say our priorities are messed up. You know, if God gave us the leftovers of his grace or forgiveness or mercy or any of that, I can tell you we probably wouldn't last very long. <laughs> we wouldn't. We probably all would have been dead at this point. Think about situations that you've been through. You know, health scares, car accidents, you know, whatever, you name it. You probably would have already been dead if it wasn't for the grace of God. And so I'm grateful that he's not like, well, let me just give you a little bit. But everything that we need, the Bible says he provides. All the more so makes me believe that we should do the same for him. Amen. So we got to get our priorities straightened up. That's number one. Number two is this reason why we neglect to tithe. Number two is, is we don't trust God. When it simply comes down to it, we have a hard time trusting him. Hard time listening to him in this area and believing that what he said in the word will be will come to pass and will be truth. We have a hard time trusting in God. Now, what I mean by this is that we'll trust God when things are going wrong, but we don't really trust him in the area of our money or when things are going right, you know, or whatever. Write this down. Trust God with the first and he'll bless you in the rest. Trust God with the first, and he'll bless you in the rest. You may say things like, well, God hasn't come through for me. I haven't seen God show up yet, or whatever it may be. Well, here's the deal. God is more interested in meeting your needs than meeting your wants. But his provision, listen, his provision is made available to us only when we trust him with what's his. His provision is not made available to us when we don't trust him. His provision is made available to us when we do trust him with what already belongs to him. Everything you have came from him. It belongs to him, right? And so his provision is made available when we understand that concept. And see, the, 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 this area, when it comes down to our money, this area is the biggest and hardest area to trust God in. It just is. It just is. And that's for everybody. There is nobody that's excluded out of that. that. This is the hardest area to trust God in. It's your money. But when you do, let me tell you, 
It opens up the windows of heaven unlike anything else. We read the scripture. It opens up the floodgates of heaven. And the blessings come upon us when we don't neglect the tithe and we choose to trust him with what he is already freely giving us. Amen? All right, so number one, our priorities are messed up. Number two, we don't trust God. But number three is this. We believe we can't afford to tithe. We believe we can't afford to tithe. This is such a big deception and such a big lie. There's been many people over the years, and you know what? We've, Melissa and I have even been in this situation before when we've even said, man, we, we can't do this. There's no way we can do this. I mean, has anybody ever been there before? I mean, we have real people in here. <laughs> it's like when, when you're struggling, you know, when you're pinching pennies, when you don't have much, and you say things like, oh, man, I don't, I don't think we could do this this month, you know, or whatever. Right? We've all been there. But listen, all God wants to do is to build your faith. That's it. He wants to build your faith. He asks you to give. Why? So he can show you that he can multiply. That's why he asks you to give. So that he can show you what, you, what he can do with what you give. Amen? It's all about faith. It's a faith-building lesson. When it comes to giving, when it comes to generosity, when it comes to stewarding your money well, it's all about learning the lesson of faith, all right? So you, can, you, you say, like, I can't afford to give the 10%, but then God says this, put me to the test and see if I won't pour my blessings upon you. We just read it in Malachi chapter 3. He says, then test me in this area. Try me. If you think you can't do it, if you think you can't afford it, if you think it's not going to work for you, he says in Malachi chapter 3, just put me to the test and see what happens. God is literally giving you the opportunity to say, we'll see if you're going to come through for this. And guess what? He will do it every single time. We have met with people and we've told them before, just try, try it one time. Try it one time. If you don't see how your finances change, then come back to us. The church will give you your money back. I mean, it, it, if, if it's really that big of a deal to you. And guess what? Every single time, what happens? They say, oh, my God, this changed my whole life. Like, I, all of a sudden, I just started, my, my numbers, everything went up. I got promotion at work. I got a raise. I mean, it's just all of a sudden, all of these things start happening. God says, put me to the test and see if I will not pour out my blessings upon you. Listen, the tithe already belongs to him in the first place. So reality is, listen, if you rob God of the 10%, you won't ever get to live off of the 90%. You'll always struggle. There always will be some sort of struggle. Always. Because you're not living off of the abundance, okay? And I've been saying this for years, and I'm going to say it again. You've probably all heard me in this room say it before. But 90% with God's blessing on it goes way further than 100% without God's blessing on it. 90%. Living off the 90% with God's blessing on it, with his power on it, with his grace, with his protection, all of that on it, is way better than trying to live off of 100% without his blessing on it. Because you may get to keep every penny of your paycheck, but you can still struggle. You can still be in lack. You can still have a poverty mindset. 
and you can still live that way your whole life. But when you, when you choose to give him the 10% what belongs to him, you live off of the abundance of the blessing of the 90%. He doesn't just allow you to live off the 90%, folks. It's more than that. As a matter of fact, it's beyond 100%. It really is. Okay? So you can't look at that and be like, oh, man, then that's a deduction, and now I'm only going to live off a 90 No, 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 no. He puts his blessing on the 90%, and it multiplies. Amen? 30, 60, and 100-fold. That's what the Word of God says, right? So watch this. Fear says, this is what fear says. Fear says, what if I run out? But faith says, what more can I give? Fear says, I don't have enough. That's what fear will tell you. Fear will tell you that all day long. I don't have enough. But faith says, my God is more than enough. Amen? And my God shall meet all my needs according to his riches and his glory. That's straight out of the word of God. Amen? So as a child of God, you can afford to tithe. You absolutely can. Why? Because God never created you to struggle. You need to know that. He never created you to struggle. He doesn't want you to struggle. There should be no struggle in this area, right? But he did create you to have an abundant life. Created you to have an abundant life. And that right there is a blessed life. The greatest lifestyle you could ever, ever, ever live is being a giver. But not just that, being a cheerful giver. You know what? I'm excited to give. I'm excited to give to God. I'll pick on my mother-in-law, Maria, who's not here. She's at work today. She'll be listening to this sermon online. But if something goes wrong with our you know, online giving thing or whatever, I mean, she will blow up our phone. Because as soon as she gets her, her paycheck at work... The first thing she does before she goes to the grocery store, before she goes gets her nails done or whatever, the first thing she has to do is give that tithe. And if she can't do it, she will freak out. Right. Tell the truth. Because it's so important to her. Because she knows that she can't survive without doing it. And listen, man, that's the way we got to be. That is just, that is the way that we got to be. God, I can't wait, <laughs> and I am so excited to give my 10%. The first fruits of my harvest belong to you, God, and I am going to give it cheerfully. In other words, I'm going to have joy in my heart when I give it. I'm not giving out of obligation. I'm not giving because a pastor stood in front of me and said, you need to do this, right? I'm giving because I am happy to give. Because I have a joy that is in me to give back to God. And what God does with it, it's up to him. But like I said last week, whose life will be changed because of your obedience to the tithe? What drug addict will stumble into this building, messed up, but finds hope because the lights are on? <laughs> Right? Because we chose to be faithful in this area of life. What, 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 what thing could God do with people and change their lives because we were obedient 
to what God called us to do. Amen? Stand to your feet with me. So, I gave you reasons why we neglect to do this. Next week, I'm going to get more in depth of why you should, okay? I didn't want to give you why you should without understanding why people don't, okay? Because I don't want this to be like cramming down your, your throat type thing, all right? But this is important to God. It's important to God. It's got to be important to us, amen? I'm going to teach you next week how tithing is mentioned all the way in Genesis. And the first tithe that's ever given. And I'm going to get in depth with that. And really, I told you last week, this is going to change everything for us. We're going to become more, I'm not just talking about as a church, as an individual, you're going to become more generous than you've ever become before. And not just the area of the tithe, Okay, talking about in your life in general. You're just going to walk up to people and say, I don't know why, but I got I'm, this $20 bill, I just want to bless you with today. You're going to be in the drive through line at Starbucks. And you're going to say, I want to I take those people's order behind me. I got it. And it's going to be easier and easier for you to start doing these things. Why? Because your heart is changing. You're becoming more generous. You're understanding what it's like to live this lifestyle. And God will bless you in return, let me tell you, every single time. Every single time.